Welcome. What's going on? Super pumped to have you here on The Shaleen Show. Today, we're talking about what it takes to release anger, why you need to do that, whether that's forgiveness or actually having a conversation. But it's so important to do this because it's killing you and you know it is. And that's why you've tuned in today. And I'm really proud of you for that. Thanks for being here. Let's do this. Okay, if you've never left a review for the show and you're wondering how to do that because, you know, it's my love language and I really do totally appreciate it. What you do is if you're listening on most podcast apps, you just click on a couple of little dots that say go to show. And then if you've been subscribed for a while and you've listened to like a bajillion episodes, you're going to have to just take your little finger and scroll down, 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 all the way to the very bottom and you'll see ratings and reviews. You'll see like that there are, you know, stars you can tap on and you can rate the podcast that way, which is great. But what I really love is reading your reviews. So when you want to write a review, here's how you do it. Click on see all. Okay. And then you can read people's reviews and you can see that there's some people in there that are not very nice. And then there's some people who are really awesome like you. And all you have to do is tap. You'll scroll down just a tiny little bit. And there's a link that says write a review and you tap on that and that's where you can write a review on any episode, any past episode, even if you've already left a review. It's just a great way for me to get feedback and know what it is you do like and what you don't. Like this one from Opagen, O-P-P-A-J-E-N. I don't like podcasts that aren't enjoyable or efficient. And this podcast is perfect. It's fun. It's practical and it's to the point, just like her review or his review. Remember that if I read your review on the air, be sure to check our show notes because we have a special gift for you. Thank you so much for leaving your review. I also want to read this one from Megan underscore H. I'm a lifer, but I just listened to the latest parenting podcast and it was pure gold. Great advice and a real eye opener, Shaleen. Thank you. Thank you for leaving your reviews, you guys. I read them before I start every episode. You have no idea how much it motivates me and how happy it makes me. So thank you. All right, let's get to today's topic, releasing anger. Before we can release it, it would help to know what is it? Well, anger is obviously a basic human emotion. It's normal. We've all seen children experience anger probably by the age of like one years old. But typically, anger is triggered by a feeling of hurt. It's often an unpleasant feeling, and it happens when we feel like we've been injured or mistreated or we don't have control. We feel angry when we are opposed. We feel angry when we are attacked, when we've been questioned, when our long-held views have been put into question. We feel angered when someone has hurt us or when we've faced obstacles. And the experience of anger varies widely. You know, the amount of anger that you feel and how intense that anger is and how often you get angry and, and how long that anger lasts, that varies from person to person. How comfortable or uncomfortable you are with those feelings varies from person to person. Some people just seem like they're always angry. And other people, you would swear they were never angry, like you couldn't get them angry, but yet we know they must experience it. They just express it in a different way. Some people are very aware of their anger and others feel shame about getting angry. Some experts suggest that the average adult gets angry at least once a day and annoyed or has a pet peeve about three times a day. So I'm trying to think today. So I'm recording this at almost six o'clock and I'm trying to think if I've been angry today. I definitely haven't been angry, but 
there have been yeah probably three times today where I thought to myself that is so annoying. I don't know if I consider that angry or anger. What I want to talk to you about today is a type of anger that sits in your stomach that keeps you awake at night. The type of anger that eats away at your stomach lining, that permeates your subconscious. The type of anger that feels like it's got a grip on you, that doesn't allow you to concentrate, that prevents you from being your best physically, mentally, and in your relationships. It's also said that there are different types of anger, but there is an emotion underneath that anger that we're usually using anger to mask something that makes us feel more vulnerable. It's said that anger actually is something we use to cover up fear, sadness, loss, or disappointment. Take a moment right now to think back on a time when you were really, really angry. I'm not talking about the kind of anger that comes when someone cuts you off in traffic. I mean the type of anger that stays with you, the type of anger that makes you have thoughts you're not proud of, the type of anger that makes you consider retaliation or just doing something that's completely out of character, like screaming or yelling or running away or punching or hurting or just taking vengeance on someone. And I'm not saying that you did these things, but I want you to think back on a time when you were that angry and ask yourself, what was beneath that anger? Was it a sadness? Was it feeling like you were attacked or disrespected? Was it because you were fearful? Did you experience loss? Was there a sense of injustice? Were you wronged? Were you disappointed? Were you betrayed? We've all experienced anger. How we express it can look very different. Let's talk about general anger first, like the kind of angry you feel when you're waiting for a parking spot and you've been waiting there patiently for 10 minutes for this woman to back out of her spot and and then someone just pulls in their little sports car and swoops you and slides right into the spot that you've been patiently waiting for. We've all had that happen. You feel this instant anger where you have to make a decision. Do I get out of my car and give this person a piece of my mind? Or do I roll down the window and flip them off? Or do I take a deep breath, realize it's not that big of a deal, and go back to circling the parking lot hoping that karma does her thing? It's the same kind of anger you feel when somebody says something rude to you, a stranger, on social media, and you sit down and decide for yourself that you're going to draft the most eloquent and poignant response to this internet troll. And you spend like an hour preparing this response to them and you hit post and then you come back to see like what they've said. Then it stays with you through dinner and you can't drop it, even though it's a complete stranger who has a cat as a profile and has, you know, 11 followers and zero posts. Well, you don't even know how many posts they have because they're private, but it still makes you so angry. And you keep going back and looking at it to see like, okay, has anybody replied? And then You can't wait to respond to them once they've responded to you. And there's like no winning it, but it's that anger still stays with you like throughout the day, maybe 24 hours. Like those two examples are situations where we can all learn to better manage our anger. Where it becomes troublesome is when these types of incidents happen every day. Then you have to ask yourself if there's something underneath that, if there's something deeper you need to address that's making all these simple 
stranger infractions feel monumental. They're making you rage. That is a sign that there's some kind of deeper pain and hurt that you need to address because your anger doesn't match your knowledge. Your common sense just tells you that people are idiots. People are rude and insensitive and they don't have a lot of common sense and there's no winning with them. There's no being right or wrong. Your best bet is to just ignore it. Like you can't win in a fight against a stupid person. Like you can't win. And there's no winning when it comes to anger. In fact, anger makes us lose. Now think about that for a second. I want you to think back on that really painful experience that I asked you to bring up at the beginning of this podcast that made you think about a time when the anger was just so painful. That type of incident, you deserve to be angry. Your anger was and perhaps is valid. It's real. In the same way that when you cut yourself, the injury is real. The pain is real. The question is, what do we do to help relieve the pain? Because anger is pain. It's painful. You can't experience anger and have peace at the same time. It's impossible. I mean, you want to be happy. You want to be calm. Your family deserves that. You deserve that. It is for that reason. We've got to figure out a way to process, to move on, and to eventually let go. You know I love to share things that work for me, and especially if it's something that I've been searching for for a long time. If it's going to make your life easier, I'm going to tell you about it. And one of those things, this might sound weird, is the right socks. And I found them. If you've been following me for more than five years, you know, like my quest to find the perfect socks has gone on indefinitely until I found features. It's spelled like feet, F-E-E-T-U-R-E-S, features.com. These are socks that are engineered to help you basically do whatever you need to do in your shoes. They've got compression that like basically hugs your foot. I can't even tell you how awesome these socks are. I was so sick of socks like slipping down off of my heel while I'm doing anything, or feeling like too, I don't know, bunchy, is that a word, where my foot would fall asleep or they were just uncomfortable until I found features. And they have changed the game for me. Now, the pair that I love the most is called the Elite No-Show Tab. It's also like, I like the way they look too. But they come in an ultra light, a light cushion, as well as a max cushion. Your foot's different than my foot. I personally love an ultra light sock. I love an ultralight sock. My feet are ultra sensitive. I have, or had, I should say, plantar fasciitis. So like my footwear, my socks, everything matters. And the amount of cushion that I have matters. And Features is a sock that is manufactured here in the United States. It's a family-owned business, which we absolutely love. And they love the Chalene Show. And that is why they're giving you $10 off your first pair of Features. All you have to do is go to Features. F-E-E-T-U-R-E-S, I'll spell it again, F-E-E-T-U-R-E-S.com forward slash Shalene, and you'll get $10 off your first pair of features. Features.com forward slash Shalene, $10 off your first pair. Amazing company, amazing socks. You're going to love them. So grab a couple of pairs. All right, back to the show. So why is this so hard? I think one of the reasons is because we often feel like there's been a moral injustice. Like even somebody swooping in to grab your parking spot, that can feel like a moral injustice. 
therefore to let go of that anger can feel like a moral failure on your part. Like we don't want to let people off the hook when we know they've done wrong. To do so feels like we've lost our own moral compass. But if we don't learn to do something with that anger, where does it go? It's got to do something. And we need to do something with it. That anger, that pain, that resentment that we feel, it says something about who we are. It's one of the reasons why when we're angry with a friend, we might tell another friend or tell a bunch of people. We want to rally the troops around us. And then we want to replay the conversation. We want to replay the incident and just replay it like as if it were a movie. We want to rehash those supposed or very real offenses. And we want to look to others to affirm that we are right or righteous and they were wrong. The feelings of anger swell fast. I mean, you can feel it coming on in an instant. Sometimes it's very physical, like your face can turn red, your stomach can drop, your palms can sweat. You can literally feel anger just bubbling up. And that energy can convince you to do some really stupid things, things that you regret, things that you wouldn't normally do. And doing nothing, suppressing that anger, denying that anger, ignoring that anger, allowing that resentment and bitterness to build up inside of you without giving it a place to go, without processing it, without acknowledging it, without doing anything with it, it has to go somewhere. And that energy often results in depression, anxiety, addiction, self-harm, abuse, and ultimately the destruction of your health and the health of your relationships. Ironically, releasing anger is the opposite. Releasing anger takes time. It actually has to be processed. The question is, how can we speed up that process without skipping over the process? I'm not suggesting that you need to push anger down or you need to deny it or you need to just move beyond it. But I am suggesting that the process of releasing it needs to happen. And if it doesn't, it will permeate every part of your life. It can be passed on as a legacy to your children and your grandchildren if you don't do anything with that anger. Anger is a poison. And the longer it exists, the longer you go pushing it down, the more poisonous it becomes. All right, cover your kids' ears because I'm about to drop the F word, forgiveness. Yep. I know it's painful to hear that word because to forgive sometimes feels like we're supposed to forget. To forgive, to release something, to let it go, feels like we are validating or okaying or condoning somebody who has wronged us. But we're given forgiveness. I mean, God gives us forgiveness, yet it's one of the most difficult things that we can give to other people, but it's actually something we give to ourselves. Yet the deeper the pain, the more unjust the wrongdoing, the more difficult it is to forgive someone. And honestly, that's how you release anger. You release anger not by forgetting And not always by reconciling. Like this doesn't necessarily mean you have to have a conversation with someone. It certainly doesn't mean that you're going to have them acknowledge their wrongdoing. Forgiveness is how we release anger. And that is often a journey and a process. And it varies based on the depth of the hurt, the relationship, the age that you were, 
and lots of other circumstances. This isn't a science. And unfortunately, you're the only person who can release this anger. You releasing your anger cannot be dependent upon any other person. If you think that the only way you'll be able to release your anger is to have somebody admit that they're wrong, have somebody acknowledge what happened or make it right, if that is a contingency of you releasing your anger, you will hold on to your anger indefinitely. Now, I'm not suggesting that there aren't certain circumstances where another party makes it easier for you to forgive them. In my own personal experience, when I discovered Brett's gambling addiction, I just remember making a decision within a couple of days that I would forgive him. It didn't mean in any way, shape, or form that I was going to be lovey with him, that I was going to be kind to him. I was horrible to him, and I felt so righteous in how I was treating him and the horrible things that I said to him. I was so angry and so hurt, and I needed to get those things out. I remember the first therapist that I saw said to me, so where did you learn that you can't be angry? And I'm like, huh? You can't tell that I'm really, really angry? And she's just kind of laughed and was like, no, maybe you are angry. I know you are angry, but you're not expressing it. Like who told you you have to be so in control? And that was pretty intense to hear. Like I remember just asking her, like, what does that mean? Like, should I be screaming and yelling? And she said, I don't know. You should be doing something other than just pretending you're so calm and controlled and in control. And she was right. I was afraid to let go. I was afraid to be vulnerable. I thought if I expressed my anger, that meant that I was, I'd lost control. And if I don't have control, I mean, what a vulnerable state to be in. And I already felt very vulnerable. I didn't want to be more vulnerable and to express my anger so openly, so directly felt like a position of vulnerability. And I had to learn from her that there was a way to do so that wasn't screaming or yelling, that wasn't an expression of violence, but I could say the things I needed to say. And that didn't mean I'd lost control, that I needed to express myself. I need to express my pain, my deep pain and hurt, and that it was okay for me to do that for a long period of time. And as I'm going through this process, even though I had this anger, I also had made a decision that I would forgive him. But the decision to forgive him came quicker for me than probably does most people because of the way Brett responded. I'm just saying that because I think if he had responded differently, and, and the reason why I know this is because before I confronted him, I thought through how I would respond depending on how he responded. And I thought through what emotions I would have if he were in denial or defensive, or if he were in any way, shape, or form defiant in the protocols or the ultimatums that I gave him when I did confront him. But he was none of those things. He was incredibly remorseful. It was genuine. He was so relieved to have the secret out. He was so relieved, and I could see that. And I believed him when he said, I will do whatever it takes. I don't care what I have to do. I believed his remorse. I believed his sorrow. That made it easier for me to forgive him. And I tell you that because your journey to forgive someone and to release your anger may look different, especially if that's someone who's no longer alive or someone who's not going to respond in that way, someone who's not going to acknowledge 
their wrongdoing. I suspect that I would have been angry for a much longer period of time if I didn't have the response that I got from him. Because there's certainly been other circumstances where I know I've been wronged and that person was never going to admit their wrongdoing, but yet I still had to process that anger and get to a place where I could forgive that person despite the fact that they will never to this day admit their wrongdoing. And I forgave that person because I needed to release the anger. When we don't release that anger, we allow that person to continue to have a hold on us, to control us. And it's worse than that, because if you can't release that anger, that control that they have over you, they now control your other relationships. They now control the way you interact with other people. They control the way that you respond to things that have nothing to do with that person. You'll develop a sensitivity where certain things will happen and your reaction, the way it makes you feel, doesn't match the incident. We tend to take things out on people who don't deserve it. So that anger, it's like imagine a beach ball when you blow up a beach ball and you push it below the surface of the water and you try to hold it down as long as you can. Eventually, your arms are going to get tired and that beach ball is going to spring above the water. And it's going to do so at a time when you don't expect it. It's going to do so with people who don't deserve it. That anger will have to reveal itself. It will reveal itself in the form of addiction, isolation, alcoholism, eating disorders, physical abuse, self-harm, verbal abuse, resentment, abandonment. These are the things that you will do because that anger has to go somewhere. The person who caused you this pain, they can't release it for you. That's a gift you give yourself. And it starts with a decision, a decision that you love yourself enough to free yourself from this person or circumstance that no longer deserves to have a grip on you. It's a decision to take back control. It's a decision to drop the chaos and confusion that we feel when we're a victim, when we maintain the role of the victim. Now, this is much easier said than done, and it is a process, and every person's journey is going to look a little different. But you can start by realizing that you cannot change the past. It happened, and you must acknowledge that. Next, you have to examine how your resentment from the past is being reflected onto people in your present life, people who are in your life today, and how you're confusing your anger and resentment that you have towards someone else or a past experience, and how you're confusing that with people who are in your current life, and how it may even be standing in the way from you creating stronger connections and allowing trust to enter into your relationships. You have to acknowledge that you don't have control over others, that you may be hurt again. You may be rejected again. People will disappoint you again. And one of the most valuable things that I've learned is to put myself in the other person's shoes. And this is really hard when you feel wronged and you feel righteous and you have been harmed. Someone has hurt you and it was bad. And this is so hard to do, but I I found it to be so healing and so helpful in my process. Whenever I've had to forgive someone, 
is to imagine every part of their life, imagine everything that they went through, even the things that I can't possibly imagine, but what made them get to that point? What could possibly have they experienced that would have created the pain and hurt in them that allowed them to hurt someone else? And to put myself in their shoes and even to acknowledge my own part And not that I've contributed to it or asked for it, but to acknowledge how I may have been trusting or accepting or to have ignored signs or been too young or for whatever reason, what was my part in allowing this injustice to happen? And how can I, moving forward, make a decision to never allow it to happen again? Not that I won't be hurt again, but what can I do personally to diminish the likelihood of it happening again, if any. I mean, there are certain times when the injustice is something you had no control over, you had zero part in it, but it's still really important to just ask yourself what, if anything, you may have contributed or what you might have missed, which is not to blame yourself, but it is to forgive yourself. But the bigger piece of that is just the empathy that it takes to imagine what it would be like to be in the other person's shoes. Like, why were they that way? Why did they do this thing? And then you have to forgive yourself. You have to forgive yourself for your part. You have to forgive yourself for your ignorance. You have to forgive yourself for not stepping up, speaking up. You have to forgive yourself for holding on to the anger. You have to forgive yourself for the pain that you feel. You have to forgive yourself for being weak. You have to forgive yourself for the things that you cannot change. But that does not mean you need to forget. You are entitled, and perhaps it's even prudent for you to never forget, but to release the anger and the pain that comes with the memory. Anger and resentment make us feel afraid, lonely, tired, and defeated. You don't want to be weak. You don't want to be the person who has no control. But that's where you sit when you just hold on to anger. It's poison. And it's not poisoning the person who you're angry with. It's poisoning you. And it's poisoning the people that you love. I don't know what your faith is, but I know that God has forgiven you and has forgiven me for every mistake, every sin, every transgression, every wrongdoing that we've ever done, we have been forgiven. Proverbs 10:12, hatred stirs old quarrels, but love overlooks insults. I don't know about you, but I don't want hatred in my heart. Hatred doesn't help anyone or anything. I want to feel that love. And I know it's God's job to take vengeance. God won't forget. God will forgive Most notably, God will forgive us for the imperfect journey that we're going on. Releasing anger isn't linear. And by that, I mean, once you've made the decision to be open to forgiveness, once you've made the decision that you want to release anger, just know that doesn't mean that it's gone forever. Like, poof, I'll never feel it again. You can be triggered. The person who you're angry with is probably going to do something stupid again. Or maybe they won't, but maybe something will remind you of how you were wronged or the injustice that you experienced. And when you're reminded of those things, when you're triggered, it's really normal to have anger bubble up again. 
all that I'm suggesting is that you start the journey, that you be open and willing to the idea that it's possible to release anger, that it's possible to forgive, that it's possible to embark on the journey. That's all. That's all that I'm asking. I've got some great books that I've been reading to help with this subject that I I hope that you'll find useful as well. I will put these titles in the show notes as well, but I am really enjoying Unoffendable by Bryant Hansen. He's super funny. I assume it's the author that's reading the book. It's great. By the way, as you probably know, I love audibles. I'm also really enjoying Forgiving What You Cannot Forget by Lisa, and I cannot pronounce her last name. I think it's Tercursed. Either way, I'll put those in the show notes. And I also, it's a really quick listen, but the audiobook is called Who Cares What They Think. That's a great one. And 13 Things Mentally Strong People Don't Do. If you've never downloaded an Audible book, I'll also put a link in my show notes that will allow you to click on the link. And I believe you get 30 days free with Audible. For sure you get a book. Anyways, that's awesome. If you've never used Audible, what are you waiting for? If you're a podcast listener, Audible will change your life. They're amazing. You're amazing. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for being a subscriber to The Shaleen Show. I love you. I mean it. And I'll talk to you soon.